This is the 4 Nail Written All Over It podcast. Hello and welcome along to the 20th and final 4 Nail Written All Over It podcast of the season. Thank you for your company as always. It will not surprise you by now that I'm joined by my co-host, Ollie. Good evening. Good evening slash morning slash afternoon slash midnight for anyone who's listening. I hope Whatever you time enjoy. you're listening. That's yeah, the, from one of the perks of a pod. Exactly. Anyone could be listening at any time, and that is the uh, that is the best thing about it for sure. Oh, great! So this is it then. <laughs> at what at points here on the podcast we're shaping up to be a rather exciting finale has wilted into well nothing short of an unsuccessful season, given the aim was promotion from the outset, and that aim has not been achieved. We'll chat about that later on in the podcast today, because first. We must reflect on last weekend's trip to Derby, where Pompey left with a lot of pride. I think so, yeah. I think that given the opposition and our positions in the league and what we were fighting for, which, let's face it, at that point was next to nothing, I think they, it showed um, from the fans, firstly, you know, how, how well they reacted and, and how supportive of the club they were, even with the season that we've had uh, and the way the team played, really, you know, to, to take it, away to Derby when they're fighting for promotion um, and and to get a point away at their place, I think it's a very strong performance all in all because, let's face it, it makes no difference to us at this point in the season whether we, we win, lose or draw particularly. So it just shows a bit of pride to go there and, and, and play and act in that manner. Bean1281 said, Decent point and well done to the fans. Two draws and six defeats on the road against the top nine reinforces what we all know about the team. Some extra character and quality required in the summer. Fantastic goal from Colby following a, a brilliant ball in from Morel, Ollie. And those of um, those for me would be the two boys that must stay at this club during the summer for next season to be a successful one and then develop the team and, and kind of build a spine around them during the summer and further develop ourselves from there. How do you reflect on how well Pompey did after initially weathering the storm for from Derby, who started incredibly brightly? They hit the post and it came back off Macy. They came incredibly close through McGoldrick a couple of times as well. Pompey could have had, it could have been two or three up at the break. Yeah, I agree. Um, we, we, we had some very good opportunities early on. Um, obviously that, like you mentioned that the finish from Colby was excellent. Um, you know what a great player he's he's turned out to be this season for us so far. He's been fantastic. Um, I mean, he, let's face it, he, he's not just scoring it in one dynamic either. You know, he, he, that goal was with his head. He scored with his feet. He scored from the spot. He he seems to be able to create and score goals from all over. He's not a very he's a, a very multi diverse uh, footballer, which is is hard to come by. At our our kind of level, so we, we really need to keep hold of him into next season. We we spoke about Morel quite some extent before. Um, you know, he's contracted for the next couple of years, as as we understand it. Um, he, I don't see him going anywhere in the summer. I hope he doesn't go anywhere in the summer. I mean, I'm sure there'll be people looking at him with with the talent and expertise and and with the experience that he has at such a young age as well. You know, he's he's still got that opportunity to progress in his career and move forward. And, and I've got no doubt that if by the end of next season, we're not promoted, that we may see him leave to bigger and brighter things. But I think for the time being, if we can keep those two this summer, it'll be fantastic for us. And and like you said, the, the opportunities that were created at the start of the half against Derby, um, arguably we, we could have been in a much stronger position going into half time than we were. 
Um, but nonetheless, you know, we're not going to score every chance we have on goal. We, we're going to miss a few. That's why we're a League One club and not, you know, fighting for Champions League spots at the moment. <laughs> but we, uh, I think that we, we gave a good account of ourselves in, in the situation at Rim for sure. Uh, my man of the match on Saturday was Paddy Lane. I thought he was excellent and it's probably his best performance in a Pompey shirt. He came out looking like he was fighting for it. He looked, he was instrumental to the way in which we played down that right wing on Saturday and had a few really bright moments, a couple of which I'm just highlighting to Ollie here on, on what we're looking at. But um, how good is it to see someone who we've brought in in January? And we actually, I think we discussed it last week here on the podcast regarding kind of that expectation of the young player of the season last year in League One and, and what a good coup it was and how it kind of formed an established part of what we've been really pleased with in terms of a transfer transfer strategy from Richard Hughes and John Massino since coming in. But a really bright one, Ollie, and, and a real prospect for the future. And I'm, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I'm really excited to see Paddy Lane as our first choice right winger next season. I think that has a really nice ring to it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I I think that he's, like you said, he, he's really starting to come out of his shell for us. Initially, for some reason, he wasn't getting an awful lot of game time when we signed him in January. He kept sort of playing the last sort of, 20 minutes here and there and coming on in the second half. Um, we saw him get a start and kind of thought that would be the, the progression of him and we'd see him a lot more. And again, once again, the game following, I believe he started from the bench again. Um, so, But it's, it's nice to see him getting some good minutes under his belt for the team um, and fighting for that position as well, because it does take a lot to to motivate players at this point in the season, um, get them out there wanting to play. I know from you know, personal experience that sometimes for footballers, the playoffs can be quite a hard hard task and a hard challenge because their summers are cut short they've got longer seasons physically it's a lot harder on them um but to to go into this point in the season in the position that we're in where we you know we're out of the the playoff realm at this point and to still be to give in a fight and and Paddy showed that himself very much in in those two clips you showed there and throughout the games that I've seen so far you know he's really battling for the ball he's really battling to keep possession of the ball as well and he seems to make some very sensible choices in pressured situations. So he he's almost got an air of experience about him, although that he is incredibly young. So I think that he he can only move forward with us. And and again, I see him progressing really strongly next season. And there's no reason why if we got promoted next year, he couldn't be in that championship starting squad, really. I believe that is his first full 90 minutes in a Pompey shirt as well. We had 89 against Accrington, 87 against Bristol Rovers in back in March, 85 against Sheffield Wednesday. But other than that, his um, minutes have been sort of limited to 25, 70, 60. So, you know, we've really pleasing to see and completely backs up what you were saying there. Um, and yeah, you mentioned it at, at the start, but loads of comments about the atmosphere across social media and on our platforms as well. It was absolutely unreal. 3,120 there for something that meant absolutely nothing, as we underlined earlier. The fantastic support base, Ollie, that follows this football club around is is there for everyone to see in earnest. And the conditions are there for it, aren't they? Great support. Stadium's been worked on. Good core group of players. Championship ambitions from the playing staff and the fans. What now do you think needs to be done in the summer to turn that into into a reality? We just need to strengthen. I mean, we, we've said it quite a few times here on the pod that the thing that we've done in the past, more often than not, is sold our best players come the summer. 
you know, got rid of Marcus Harness, got rid of Jamal Lowe, got rid of, I'm not saying Marquis was one of our best players, but he was certainly one of our, he was the only striker really we had at that point. It wasn't doing anything, let's face it, no one was really scoring goals for us at that point in our career, in, in our time with Pompey. Um, but we we do seem to, to sell our best players, Clark, you know, being one of them again, uh, come the summer period. And we do end up being heavily reliant on low knees and free transfers. Now, there are a lot of very good free transfers that come in this league at this level. And I'm sure this summer there'll be a, a good picking of players to have. Um, but we just need to really strengthen around what we've got already and build upon what we've got and, and maintain that, that ideology and that ethos that we're going to have as a club playing football going forward. Like, like I said last week, that consistency is the most important thing. Um, not just for us as fans, you know, we want to see teams winning every week and supporting the the players that are playing well. But we also want to see consistency in terms of throughout the the mentality of each player. You know, that there's nothing more demoralising watching any game of football, seeing someone being extremely lazy whilst the other, you know, 10 people on the team run around them, creating everything. Uh, no, no one wants to see that. And, you know, we often sometimes we're a bit quick to criticise players. I know that Naylor for is a prime example. He was someone who was heavily criticised um, for for starting for us every week. But actually, you know, if you watched him play football off the ball, he was extremely, you know, good at reading the game. He got himself around the pitch. He he put himself in good positions defensively and attacking. He opened up space in areas. He he did a lot of very good things off the ball, which is kind of the ugly side of football that people don't see. You know, a lot of people just see the the flair of a player like a an Owen Dale or a, you know flying down the wing past someone or you know the, the backheel flick of a goal from Colby Bishop, something like that, where they see, oh, that player's awesome. Look what he created. But actually, there's a whole host of people behind that in the build-up that are needed to get the ball in those positions to create those opportunities. And sometimes you need some workhorses in there. And and I kind of see us at the minute as putting together a squad of very hard-working players that are fighting for the shirt, fighting for the ball. And we need to continue that ethos throughout the entire squad. And, and that means signing people with that same mentality, in my opinion. I think sometimes people get blinded by the, the big names um, and we can end up playing people like Marquis week in, week out, who actually aren't performing because that's the name of a signing or someone that we're paying you know, a lot a week to, to have on the payroll, where the reality of it is we, we want to be playing the players that, that suit the setup of the squad and suit the ideology of the manager uh, going forward because that, you know, that cohesion will mean a lot more in terms of points come the end of the season than it will playing someone who, who's effectively a big name at our level. That moves us on nicely to a little bit of transfer conversation then, doesn't it? Tommy Lee is a name that has been brought to our attention during the last couple of weeks. He was spotted chatting away to Massinio after our win in the snow at Accrington a month or so ago. Reports today would suggest that Pompey will need to find £200,000 to bring Tommy Lee back to Pompey, build as a number of people's number one transfer targets this summer. Of course, only if Accrington get relegated, this could work in Pompey's favour in terms of a reduction of the fee placed on his price tag. Where do you stand on the man who had similar numbers to Colby Bishop last season at Accrington this year? Yeah, again, I mean, at the moment, we are reliant on Colby for goals, aren't we? Let's face it. Um, that is a good position to be in, but a very bad position to be in. You know, it, it, in terms of a good position, it's a great position to be in because we've got a good striker scoring goals for us. Fantastic but, striker scoring goals for us. I, I love him a bit. So I think he's amazing. 
<laughs> Sorry. Inter- inter- if I ever met him, I would say that. Okay, Colby, I think you're absolutely amazing, mate. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I would too, to be fair. I'd give him a big hug and say thank you for scoring all those goals. Otherwise, mm. it would be a miserable season for a lot of us fans. But um, yeah, no, I, I think that he's been fantastic. But then, you know, when all your eggs are in one basket, you're at a lot of risk. And we need that, like I was saying, we need to add to what we have and create that strength and depth and, you know, hopefully build a team that can play off one another. And Tommy Lee would be a great signing for us and he, he would add that you know, ability to get goals elsewhere than, than just Colby, which would be a massive asset for us as a club. Some say it's a no-brainer purchase. Others concerned about his ability to be our first choice number 10 during what will hopefully be a promotion-pushing season if he's not quite hitting the heights with with Accrington and, and there to go down. So there's, uh, yeah, there's kind of people are in two camps about it. And and also people asking the question, well, if he wasn't a Pompey boy originally, why would we have any interest in him? But it seems the club have made that initial contact and we'll have to wait and see. Another name that's just kind of been in the last couple of hours at the time of recording the podcast is Gavin White, who's a Northern Irish winger, can play on the right or can play behind a striker. Obviously, we're very fresh in in this kind of knowledge. He's um, currently, well, was on loan a couple of seasons ago at Oxford United. Um, I don't know if he's actually playing at a, or has been playing at a club this season, but um, anyway, he um, he's also played for Cardiff. So I would imagine there's a maybe a Marlon Pack tie, but obviously the, the major um, draw would be the manager, John Massino, having spent a lot of time with him at Oxford United in his career. Um where do you stand on the kind of the... I suppose Danny Cowley had it, didn't he, when he brought in the likes of Sean Raggett and uh, Joe Morrell and ex-kind of Lincoln City players that he played alongside during his rise up the ranks. How key do you think that will be for John Messino in the summer to attract players to Pompey? And, and is Gavin White someone that you'd probably be looking at, bearing in mind he's 27, he's five foot seven, so not an awful lot taller than I am and getting on a little bit, but... His mate of mine messaged me earlier to say he's got a bit of a lack of end product. That's pr- maybe not um, someone we maybe want to be interested in, given the issues we've had with end product this season already. No, but I think also... And he's mainly a left winger as well, could I just say? I don't know if I said right, but mainly on the left. So Paddy Lane on the right and you know, Northern Irish wingers, perhaps. I don't know. Maybe there's a shout for that. Yeah, we do seem to have, have one or two of them, don't we? And um, especially with you know, Curtis is still out injured, isn't he? He's coming back from an ACL injury. Mm. So he's going to be a little while out. You know, who knows? How, those kind of things take months and months and months to recover from. So who knows how long he'll be before he's back properly playing. Um, and, and let's face it, as, as good as Curtis is and has been for us in the past, naturally he's not a left winger. You know, I would say he should be playing more wide on the right or maybe a more of a cam type position because he's you know he's very good going forward. He's got a good shot on him. I know he likes to cut inside and hit one as well and he scored quite a few goals from that position. But I, I think that's a position that we've adapted him to rather than him maybe wanting to play in that role. Um, and, th- and there's nothing wrong with having a bit of strength and depth as well. Now, the end product argument, I feel like that's a little bit up for debate because... You could argue there's a lot of very good players in the Premiership that would play very well in other squads that maybe aren't getting the best out of them in their current setup. Now, whether that be the man management of that player as an individual or whether it be the support that they have in their network, 
I think that we've got to put a little bit of faith in the recruitment side of, of Pompey that they they've made some good signings uh, in January, and that hopefully we can we can keep pushing forward and, and add the right person for our squad into it because you know, at the minute he might be putting balls into a box where you know they haven't got any aerial threat for example or um, having to play in a certain pattern that doesn't really suit his game so he's not exploiting his capabilities to the best so. Let's let's kind of put a bit of faith in the boys at Pompey and 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 see what what they can come up with for this season because I'm I'm hopeful that yeah I'm sure they they feel as under pressure as everyone else does you know we, we the the fan base won't stick around forever sat in League One I know that we are very loyal strong supporters of the club but there is a limit to what people will take. And watching us lose, you know, 11 games in the bounce or whatever it was. It's a very important season, this upcoming one, isn't it? In terms of yeah. the faith of the fans in the club. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, even if you know, we don't get promoted this season, but we give a really good account for ourselves, we end up third in the league and not getting through the playoffs. You know, something like that would still be a respectable result for us, I believe. Now, I'm not saying that we, we want to be aiming to not get promoted. But we certainly need to see an improvement on what we have seen this year. You know, if we came third in the same kind of season that we've had this year with teams like um, Plymouth and Sheffield being so strong and Barnsley being so strong, then you could kind of go, you know what? There's some really big, strong clubs this season in this league that all performed well. And, and you know, it's going to be tough to get promoted when there's only three spots up for promotion. You've got four teams performing to their best. Um, Instead, we are best of the rest of the league of the playoff bunch in terms of finishing seventh or eighth, aren't we? Oh yeah, we, yeah, exactly right. We're we're well outside of that. We're not even best of the rest, as I, I see it. We kind of scraped our way in there by hook or by crook. I, I don't think we've performed to any real level that we expect ourselves to perform at. Um, it it'll be interesting to see what comes of next season. But like you said, I think that. For the fan base, it's going to be very important that we start off next season on the right foot um, and we have a little bit more consistency in our results. And And if we can get those two things, I'm I'm sure come the end of the season that we'll be in and around the playoffs, if not in and around those top few positions. And that's really, realistically, what we should be aiming for at this point. Just one more to throw at you, if I can, regarding transfers. And I'm sure we'll reconvene for a transfer special or something like that over the summer. We'll have Ollie on one of our transfer shows on the channel, I'm sure. Um, Deshaun Bernard, Manchester United have, uh, well, he's told local press in Pompey that he will not be Manchester at Manchester United next season. There is one more year on his contract. It's looking like he's going to be released from Old Trafford. Pompey seem like they feel like they've got a bit of a... They're in with a shout of signing him for next season. That's obviously something that they'll try and get done, I'm sure. I would imagine, I mean, not trying to second-guess what Messino's been doing, but starting Towler and Bernard as a centre-back pairing for the last two weeks would suggest that that's something that he's looking to employ next season. And that would be something that I would be very excited by because although, yes, a youthful, and I think we've actually mentioned it on the podcast, but... They've done exceptionally well and they did do very well. Riley Towler had McGoldrick was all over him for large parts of that derby game. And he really frustrated McGoldrick and his calmness and his shortness on the ball. And Deeshawn, I think, always manages to either get there and, you know, put it behind and do the preventative thing and get, you know, concede a corner or he, his ball is placed well or he can just carry in and drive with it. And he, he's a ball playing defender rather than just 
lumping it, hoping, and it goes to the wrong player. He seems to, by and large, find a blue shirt, which is is kind of a vast improvement on what we've been used to. Um, how key do you think he will be to Pompey's upcoming season? And, and would he be a name that you'd want to be retaining in the summer? Yeah, for sure. Or bring him uh, back I to think... the club in the summer? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, we we haven't seen an awful lot of him um, to gauge a real, you know, level of performance over the period of of him being with us. You know, he didn't get an awful lot of game time initially, which I found very strange because you know we we made the effort to get him into the club. I thought we would have given him a lot more game time than we did initially, um, but. I think that he's a young and upcoming talent and he's someone that we should gamble on. You know, that there's no there's no right or reason to say that because of his pedigree, he's going to come out and be the best centre-back we've ever had. Um, and there's also no right or reason to say because he's young, he's not he's going to make mistakes. You know, mm. there's lots of young players, you know, like we, we mentioned last week, Arsenal, if they were to win the league, they would have had the youngest squad in, as an average to ever win the league. And, they're, you know, they're still top of the league at the minute, albeit with you know, City behind with a couple of games in hand. But there's no nothing saying that age brings anything in terms of performance. So I think that I think that retaining him would be a great asset to us. Um, now, I would also argue that we still would need to get another centre-back at this point. Um, I think that we would definitely need to invest in, and have, you know, a third strong Ability, someone with the ability to start games in in that centre back role, and then also give us the options for rotations. You know, uh, in our league, there's there's a lot of games very quickly. We can go on little cup runs like we have in the past, um, with like the paper pot and and everything like that that we have going on in our at our level and the FA Cup runs. And you know, we, we got to Tottenham this year, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's there's going to be a lot of games next season. Um, especially if we're, you know, performing at a good level, we should be in and a shout with with the paint pot trophy and and others likewise. So we need that strength in depth, and we we need the ability to rotate and move around. But also we need the the certainty that if Dijon isn't performing to the level that we believe he can, or if his development isn't going very well, or if he settles into the squad a little bit too much and gets a bit more relaxed about his role and doesn't work as hard, you know, there's there's all these different angles you can look at it but you know I think that strength and depth is is important to keep firstly uh, security for us if we get an injury we can maintain a solid you know back line throughout the season but also from a competitive point of view of those players you know making them work hard in training making them fight for those competition places yeah yeah I think that's massive you know we we've been stuck where I think we've had the same sort of under the Cowleys especially we had the similar starting lineup week in week out and there wasn't really any competition for those spots. It was more we had some bench warmers and we had our starting eleven, and consequently we we kind of sat back, relaxed, and and didn't perform. And it's majority of it is a similar starting eleven to what we had under the Cowleys, but there's a few additions in there, and, and obviously a bit more maybe man management or motivation come from a new you know management structure in the club. But that's seen a, a huge huge growth in our performances towards this latter part of the season. So. I do think that we, we need to invest. Um, if we keep Dijon, that'd be fantastic. Great for us. But I certainly think that he shouldn't be the only centre-back we're looking at this summer. Uh, yeah, well, you're talking about kind of availability and keeping players fit and having your you know, options in, in the case of injury. Messino's come out and said this week how important Joe Morelli is to his plans next season. Keen on making sure Paddy Lane's available for 46 games next year as well. When you consider you've got 
Towler and a question mark on Bernard. Matt Macy in goal, laying out on the right-hand side. Packer, Morell in midfield and Colby at the club. You're, you are kind of in there with a kind of a bit of a spine of a team, aren't you? Let's look ahead to the final regular weekend of League One football this season coming our way in the next few days then. Playing on Sunday this weekend, of course, as a result of the coronation. Midday kickoffs up and down League One for Sunday. Pompey against Wickham Ollie, of course, doesn't have the jeopardy of Barnsley, Peterborough or Sheffield Wednesday derby. But nonetheless, a great opportunity to finish the season on a high at the tear. Finish the season on a high at Fratton. There we go. That's second time lucky, despite <laughs> perhaps an underwhelming end to it. Also, Wickham on a real down at the, at the moment, having lost Gareth Ainsworth to QPR, and they've had a bit of a tumble of late in terms of form and, and results. So uh, a decent opportunity there as well. Yes, it's surprising really, isn't it? Because they they're very they were and still are, I, I'd imagine, a very strong and physical side, Wickham. Hmm. Uh, very difficult to go play away, for sure. Um yeah, we've had our, our run-ins at Wickham away quite a number of times. It was a tough against Wickham, both home and away. Not particularly yeah. brilliant against them. No, and the fact they're in a little bit of a tumble may play into our favour a little bit. I don't know where they're positioned in the league at the moment. But... Just above us. Okay. No, just below us, sorry. Just below so, us. So, I mean, for them, the season's over. For us, the season's over. Um, it's going to boil down to pride and... I would imagine if they are in this little tumble of form, it may be difficult for them to pick themselves out of it at this moment where we're in, you know, we're relatively, we're, we're not winning game after game after game, but we're, we're certainly not losing any either. So I've been lost since we lost to Sheffield Wednesday at home. And that was back in whenever it was ages ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So 11th of March was the last time we lost a league game. Which is I pretty... would like to think that with the way Massinho's motivating the team still at this point in the season, that we, we should get a win, in my opinion, against Wickham. Um, and I think as well as that for the fans and for future signings of the club, it will show some real intent for what we're looking towards next season if we can get that win. Um, so we should be looking into it positively, albeit that it's it's going to be a difficult game. We can't get complacent with it. I think that they're still going to be very strong and you know cause a lot of problems for us and we we've got to not you know rest on our laurels and go we we've got this covered because they're in a bad run of form we've got to go into that attitude of beating them as we do every other team it'd be um, nice to be able to go into the last game of the season with the opportunity to make it last 10 games of this season unbeaten five yeah. wins and five draws yeah 100% 100% i completely agree with that um and and that is really what we need isn't it that, that is you know, as a club, as a fan base, uh, for for next season, for every reason, we need we need to be going in and still winning these games. Not because you know it's very easy to sit and go, oh, it doesn't matter to us anymore. We're in eighth. You know, we're we're nowhere near the playoffs. It's the players' and... futures as well, isn't it? That yeah. hangs in the balance too. Yeah, well, as as well as that, let's face it, they're putting themselves in the shop window a little bit. You know, mm. if if there are players that want to leave that are starting, I'm sure there probably is one or two amongst the squad that aren't happy with the changes that have gone on this season and the potential changes this summer. There will be people that that want to leave. It's just natural in in a football team, and if they are starting, it's an opportunity for them to to showcase themselves, isn't it? And and be, you know put themselves in that shop window to say this is when I performed at my best and blah 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 and you can see my clips here 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 and here I scored this goal or I made this assist or I won this amount of possession or I completed this amount of passes whatever the statistics are that they're going to be putting forward for themselves 
Um, it's important for them as individuals to still perform, but it, it's certainly, I'd say, important for us as a club to, to put together a, a strong performance come the end of the season. Finally, this is the first podcast since the uh, results of, well, Ipswich and Plymouth managed to get themselves out of League One and into the Championship. So massive congratulations to them. We have one more remaining playoff spot in contention. So either Derby or Peterborough will occupy sixth position. Um, Ollie, I wonder which way you'd swing on this one. It's obviously a, a, a tough ask because Peterborough away to Barnsley and Derby on the road at Hillsborough. So, you know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out of it. Derby, obviously, two points superior to Peterborough at this moment in time. Would you, I mean, on the on the balance of last weekend, I, I would probably feel, feel a little bit confident as a Peterborough fan because Derby weren't, they were an excellent side, but they weren't the best team I've seen play this season. Probably say all five teams above them I've seen play were better, which would probably make sense given the tallies of points. But, you know, it, I'd, it'd be difficult to choose between Peterborough and Derby for me. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, the, the opposition they've got, both tough games. Mm. You know, Barnsley and Sheffield Wednesday, what a what an end to season for those boys. Um, the only thing they both have going for them is that both Barnsley and Sheffield Wednesday are secure in their position. Um, it's not really in either of their interests to move up or down either. You know, it's not like they need to win to get into, to have the... the, the no, they're both going to finish third and fourth, aren't they? It, it, exactly. So it's going to be, it's an interesting one. If you ask me what was going to happen, I think we're asking for Sheffield to beat Derby and Peterborough to beat Barnsley. Derby that's to beat Sheffield Wednesday, you mean? No, no. Oh, I'm I saying, see what you mean. To, that, for Pit, yeah. Okay. That's the that's the only way Peterborough get into the playoffs, right? I don't know yeah. if their goal yeah. difference is, is no, better no. or worse. Well, it was a, th- a three goal swing, which is even more exciting. But there's a two point yeah. gap. So Derby, strangely, are in a better run of form than Peterborough. Um, in the last five games, Peterborough have lost two of them. Derby haven't lost a game in their Peter last five. lose a lot of games. They they do. They don't seem to draw. You know, no. they, they've got the least amount of draws than anyone in our league, I think, actually. Mm. Yeah, so, they're very non-draw specialists. Yeah, they are. They're very good at either winning or losing, um, mm. which could play in their favour, you know. Uh, Derby, on the other hand, do like to sit on the fence. But the, the only difficulty is if Derby managed to get that draw, Peterborough need to win 4-0 away to Barnsley which is going to be a hell of a task. And if I'm honest with you, I don't think it's going to make any difference who gets in to who gets promoted. I think that whoever out of Derby and Peterborough get through won't be promoted come the end end of the playoffs, personally. Um, I think that Bolton have a very, very long outside shot of getting promoted. But let's face it, Sheffield Wednesday deserve the promotion the way they played this season. Um, and ninety-three think, points is unheard of to not get promoted, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't even like to think the last time that ninety-three points didn't get you promoted in a season. Mm. Uh, it would have done last year. They would have probably won the league. So you reckon? Yeah. Do you actually reckon? I reckon ninety-three points wins you the league last year. I'm actually so confident because I think I saw it somewhere in the last couple of days. So, yeah. Hang on, let me have a look. Oh, my word. Don't need to check my maths, mate. 
I'm not checking your maths. I'm checking the stats. I'm pretty good. I'm, I feel like 93 would have won you League One. 93 would have won the league last year. Yes. The year before that. Yep. Oh my god. Oh, that was COVID season. That's why. <laughs> god, 2019-20 was a terrible season. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they would have come second in 18-19. Uh, right. They would have been in the playoffs. So they would have only been in this position if you go back to 17-18. We must have been yeah. up there that season. Uh, we were eighth. Oh. Well, Our no. The 18-19, we were fourth, weren't we? Is that right? 18-19, we were fourth, correct, yeah. yeah. With 88 points. Wow. God, we could only yes. dream of 88 points these days. Jesus 88 Christ. 88 points, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? But no, so, like we said, you've got to go back, what, six years to get to a point where... 93 points doesn't get you automatic promotion if not winning the league mm. so it would be a real travesty if they um if they don't manage to go up this season you you, you can imagine if you're a Sheffield Wednesday fan after the season and the, the team you've watched play for you you go you know all the way to Wembley let's say and you lose in the final at Wembley you would be gutted wouldn't you you would be absolutely it would be like the feeling that we had coming back from Plymouth that time all those seasons ago you know, after going away to Home Park and watching us lose and, and coming back thinking, oh, there it goes on, another season in the league. You just feel demoralised. So It's even I, worse than finishing outside the playoffs, isn't it? Because you kind of know and you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole and turmoil of a over two legs and away from home. And yeah, but I do like the playoffs. They're kind of like my favourite time of year. Even when we're not involved in them, I still think it's great fun to watch. And it'll be great fun to watch this season because I, I don't really have any vested interest in Wednesday, Barnsley, Bolton or Derby going up. I'd quite like to go back to Derby next season. I'd quite like to go back to Bolton. Um, but then also, Barnsley was good fun and Sheffield Wednesdays always does really well on the channel as well. So it's, um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't mind either way. Um, I, I don't, I think you're right. I don't think Peterborough have a... a uh, hope in hell, but they might do. They might turn up, and I think a team that draws nil nil with Bristol Rovers last weekend doesn't particularly deserve to get a playoff spot. But strange things have happened, didn't they? Yeah, the, the strange thing is they have. They obviously have the quality. You know, mm. they were in the championship last year. Yep. So you know they they're going to have the quality in their squad there to to do that and to get promoted. But I can't. I think it's such a long shot, isn't it, for for them to either win by four goals and Derby to draw or lose uh, is what's needed for them to get to the playoffs in the first place. And then they've got to overhaul. Sheffield Wednesday will be their first over two legs. That's going to yeah. be a tough ask. You know, ninety minutes in the final, you can kind of argue that's up for grabs a little bit. You know, you can turn up. One team can play well. One team can play badly, and you could end up with a result there. Um, the pressure sometimes gets to people on those occasions, don't they? So it it would be fascinating to see who gets through to the final. But realistically, I see it being a Wednesday Barnsley final, and um, I think that will be a real shootout. And but I do think Wednesday will come out on top of that. What's your to bring yourself back down to earth? What's your score prediction for Pompey Wickham on Sunday? Oh, I was looking. I was excited about the playoffs then. Um... Yeah, so was I. <laughs> Next season. Uh, well, maybe not even next season. Maybe we'll be able well, to avoid those. Going by our current run, it'll be like one all or nil-nil or something along those lines. You know, we seem to be getting a lot of draws. Um, but I would like to see us, last game of the season, put on a real performance and, and hammer them. And I would, I'm would, i going to go out saying 4-0. Lovely. 
What about um, you? No, no. Um, thank- <laughs> Probably will be. We've become far too predictable. We just need this season to end, don't we? Um, but what has also now ended is the run of four never over it podcasts for next season. I think this is definitely something that we're going to be doing next year. Thank you to everyone who has supported us through the season. There's been steady growth on the numbers. I will do a much better job of promoting them next season as well. Um, we we had a little bit of a habit of coming on here and doing a quick video about it, but we've kind of stopped doing that now. So we um, we need to do that again. And I will be uh, yeah pushing it as and we'll we'll have some guests lined up for next season. See, my word, I've had a terrible one talking today, haven't I? We'll have some guests lined up for next season as well because Ollie's got some contacts and so have I. So hopefully we'll be able to um, yeah bring you a, a much more exciting end to the campaign as well and our first full season of video of the. Videos, audios. You talk for a bit, Ollie. I'm just going to go and take myself yeah. elsewhere. <laughs> you go, you go have a drink of water, mate, and yeah. calm yourself down over there. But yeah, no. Thank you to to everyone for for listening to our waffle. I'm glad that you're all enjoying it. If you have enjoyed it, um, you know, tell your friends, speak to to your fans, uh, your, your fans. If you've got fans, speak to them as well. <laughs> but to, I mean, to other fans of the club. Um, and spread the word that we're doing this because I think it's a great way of getting a little insight in into the match day if you don't have, you know, if you've got the time where you can sit and listen to this or you're out riding your bike or going for a walk with your dog or whatever you're doing at this point in time or commuting to work, you know, it's a, it's a great way of getting a little bit of content, a little bit of update on football and, you know, especially if you don't manage to go to all the games and away games, it gives you a little bit of a, a download of what's happened and what we're looking forward to in the following week. So, so share it with your friends you know, get people listening, get the word out there because, you know, the, the more people we have that listen to this and the more people that enjoy it, the, the better the guests will have coming on next season. And let's face it, we all want to hear from some, some good names next year. Surprisingly, 88% is all that the UK geographic location is. 4% of our listeners are in Australia, 3% are in the US of A, and 2% are listening in New Zealand. Sorry to all your all our United States listeners for that. They've probably all gone by now, but (laughs) yeah. So thank you to everyone across the globe for listening. We will see you next season. We'll see you Sunday for the 4-0 video and we'll have some more videos coming out over the summer as well. From myself and Ollie, keep the faith and as always, play up Pompey. Oh, and you didn't go Dalek on me for the end as well, result. (laughs) 